Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us. I wanted to start today with some breaking news that is brought to you courtesy of The Washington Post, where democracy dies in darkness. The CDC plans to drop the five-day COVID isolation guidelines. Just in case you were out there and you were still abiding by the five-day COVID isolation guidelines, which I don't really think anybody was. But if you are a dead-ender, maybe Charlie Baker will hear this news and it will make his day. But for everybody else, this is about two years too late. But if you're out there and you're still following that five-day rule or you're still following the the six-foot distance or the, uh, what was it, six feet to, is it six feet to slow the spread or six, uh, 15 days to slow the spread? 15 days to slow the spread, six feet apart. Apparently the uh, the virus can only travel five feet, 11 inches. Uh, well, these are all just updates for you. Six feet, 15 days, the five-day isolation. Things are changing, and they're changing so fast. Also, I just wanted to shout out here the the meteorologists, because this, and maybe we're going to get hit with a lot of this later. Another bang-up job. Is this a bust? You know, I'm starting to think that between the experts when it comes to the weather and the experts when it comes to the economy, everything is so unexpected nowadays. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm not expecting it. What we should really start doing is just expecting the opposite of what people tell us. Oh, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be three feet of snow. Well, you'll probably be fine. That's that's where I'm at. Now, I wanted to start today. There's so many stories out there involving the Biden administration, um, involving illegal immigration. Obviously, that's kind of a running headline involving the vice president. So we have tons of stuff to get to. But what I actually wanted to start with today. Oh, and just a side note here, Tony Bobulinski. You might be saying who? Because nobody seems to care about him except for a handful of Republicans. Tony Bobulinski. Hunter's former business partner is testifying today on Capitol Hill. And I find that very exciting. Something I was very excited about that ended up being a bust. Not the storm, but something else. I read today that Trump was going to go to the Fannie Willis hearing on Thursday. And I was so excited because this hearing, this whole case is really amusing. It's the entertainment factor of this case has really ratcheted up since the Nathan Wade revelation that these two are lovers and cruise goers and all the rest. And now what her defense is, I guess, besides comparing herself to Martin Luther King Jr. and saying that people expect black women to be perfect. Her defense is that her and Nathan started this relationship after he was chosen as the special prosecutor. 
it's a stretch. Now, Jared, that would be a stretch anyway, because I, I just I don't think that they were just working on this case together and their love of getting Trump brought them together. And, you know, it was like the late night after hours. I mean, he was working 24 hours a day, according to his billing. But they're trying to say, oh, no, no, no. They only started up this relationship after the fact, so it's not a conflict of interest because she didn't hire him and pay him so that she could financially benefit from it. Now, the problem with that is that there seems to be a lot of witnesses, including Nathan Wade's former law partner. I can't re- I can't believe I'm able to remember all this right now. Typically, this is something that would really get my brain in, pretzel, in a pretzel. Um, Nathan Wade's law partner is going to contradict that defense if that is the defense and also from what i've been reading it seems like they've got a lot of people in fanny willis's orbit who are chomping at the bit to bring her down the word i keep seeing in all these reports is eagerness and you know what jared what what i would say about that is that oftentimes when you have someone larger than life she compared herself to mlk jr but if you have somebody who's a top dog like a like a, a boss and has a big position. Everybody falls in line. Think of Andrew Cuomo. Everybody falls in line for, for a long time. But then once there's a crack, once you start to see the writing on the wall, once you start to know this person is stuck, this person's done, this is going to be really hard for this person to get out of, suddenly everybody is happy to pile on. Everybody wants to get their punch in. You know, they, they want to throw in their two cents. They want to be part of the downfall. They want their payback. And you know that expression, be careful how you treat people on the way up because you might see them on the way down? That, to me, is going to be very relevant when it comes to Fannie Willis. It's just a vibe I get. It's just a vibe I get that her relationship with Nathan Wade might be the tip of the iceberg when it comes to some of the allegations we're going to hear. Now, that's one thing. I was very much looking forward to Trump going to that hearing on Thursday. Um, I thought it would be fun. I thought that him, Trump sitting there smiling as Fannie Willis was, you know, across the room. I thought that would be entertaining. Instead, I guess he's going to go to New York for the hush money trial or whatever. It wouldn't have been my choice. I'm sure there's some logic to it. I'm sure his team thinks he'd be better off there. But I just, I just think it would have been great because Fannie Willis is she's one of the leaders of the Get Trump movement, and she's going down in flames. Wouldn't he want to be a part of that? Wouldn't he want to see it happen? Now let's switch gears here. As you can tell from how quickly I'm going through these, we have a lot to cover. I want to switch gears to Joe Biden and the special counsel report because there's a few things that I'm finding interesting today. One is that. Republicans are now demanding the transcripts, which if Joe Biden is so offended at the fact that her asked him about his son's the the year his son died, then he should have no problem releasing the transcript that's going to make her look like a jack. I don't know if I can say that on the air. I can say jackass. Okay, it's going to make her look like a jackass. If he's asking inappropriate questions and he's throwing things at the president that are so mean and callous and enough so that Dr. Jill comes out and writes a statement, then we should get the transcript of that. What I'm thinking, and which we talked about yesterday, is that actually Joe Biden brought up his son, Bo, which she does all the time, and her just followed it up with what year did that happen? By the I way, hardly remember those days. <laughs> by the way, 
the spinning from the media on this. <laughs> Did you see Joe Scarborough? Of course, oh, yeah, I sent it to we you. We pulled it, yeah. <laughs> Joe Scarborough's response I mean, shameless. is... <laughs> And I'm all for I'm all for running cover for the guy. They've been doing it for this long, Jared. They're not going to stop now. But the idea that in order to cover for this man, you have to make yourself seem like the biggest jerk going. Yep. Joe Scarborough is like, yeah. Well, even if he couldn't remember the year, which by the way, by the way, if I'm Joe Biden, I, I actually think it makes Joe Biden seem more sympathetic to say he has a problem. He's in cognitive decline, and that's why he can't remember the the year that his son passed away. I wrote a piece on this, and I said that was the saddest line in the whole report, which I've had a good amount of time now to go through. I'm not saying I've read all 300 and something pages, but I've poked around. I've seen a, a lot of it. I think that's the saddest line. I don't think it's because Joe Biden just doesn't have, like, he doesn't care. No, of course not. It's because his brain is going downhill, and he can't remember that. And that's what makes it so tragic and so sad and something that a lot of people can probably relate to with with their parents or their grandparents or someone in their life. What Joe Scarborough is trying to do is he's trying to say, well, I don't remember the year my mom died. And it's like, dude, that's not for, don't first of all, don't broadcast that. And you're not making the defense that you think you're making. But we'll get to all of that. Throwing your mom under the bus to defend Biden is shameless. But that's that's Terrible. Joe Scarborough. Yeah. That's all he does all day. Every day he wakes up and he's got to take a deep breath. I, I would have to take a shot of like Jägermeister or something to get out there and go, okay, we're going to defend. We're going to keep trying to claim that this man is a sharp. And, and you know, John Stewart had a really funny monologue. And at first I was like, oh, Republicans are going to start doing that thing where Jon Stewart says one line that we agree with and we give him tons of credit. And I tweeted that out. I said, please don't do that. Like, don't start showing me cuts of Jon Stewart of things that we've all been saying for five years and acting like it's so great that he has the courage to say it. And then I watched the monologue and I will not lie to you, I did chuckle. Because Jon Stewart's point is he shows all these cuts of Kamala Harris and all these people that are close with Biden saying, well, you know, behind the scenes, Joe's asking all these questions and he's so sharp and he's talking to all these world leaders and he's working 24-7 and he's doing all these things. And it cuts back to Jon Stewart and he said, do you have any video of that? Maybe you should show us. Because the TikToks of him talking about chocolate chip cookies, it's, it's not doing the trick. And that is the part of this that I find so insulting. It's like we're supposed to believe that when he gets out there and he's got the King of Jordan in front of him and he's hovering behind him in this creepy way, making the guy so on edge, he's scaring world leaders, not in the same way Trump did, in this way of they're going, is he okay? Why is he over my shoulder like that? But that's what we get to see. But we're supposed to believe that behind the scenes when they close the curtain, that's when this real Socratic, you know, hardworking genius comes to life is only when he's behind closed doors. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so I'm reading the special counsel report just to get back to this. And I was thinking to myself, you know, he's got the Zappos box. He's got the, the garage, the Corvette. He's got the all the paperwork everywhere. He's taking this stuff home all the time. He's been doing it since he was a senator. I was thinking there's got to be somebody. There's got to be somebody in this group that knew that this was a bad idea. Because say what you want about people at the White House. There are people there who are very smart. Like There are people there who know the procedures, who know the guidelines, who know the rules. And that's their job is to know the rules. And I thought there's got to be somebody 
who figured out that this was going down a bad road. And I think I know who that person is. That person is Cynthia Hogan. When we come back, we're going to talk about Cynthia Hogan. And we're going to talk about... At first, I was going to chalk it up to, you know, a CYA situation where she just thought, uh, Joe's going to get in trouble for this, so I better make it clear that I've been trying to keep him on the straight and narrow with these classified documents. That is part of it. But I also think that it was an earnest effort to do things the right way, and she made it over and over and over again. And she she put out lots of warnings to him and his his people that this is not the way things are supposed to be done, and they ignored her time and time again. And I do think that part of this is, to go back to Fannie Willis, part of this is also Cynthia Hogan most likely knew Joe Biden's character, the character we're always hearing about, and she probably thought to herself, when push comes to shove and this guy goes down, he's going to throw all of us under the bus. So I better make it clear with memos and meetings and emails and notes that I'm trying to have him do things the right way. That's my theory. I'll read you a lot from the special counsel report and you can let me know. And just a fun fact for everybody, one of the reasons they were able to identify one of the memos from Joe Biden is because this is something I didn't know about the foreign policy expert. He has a habit of spelling Afghanistan wrong and he's been spelling it wrong since the 1980s. Isn't that nice to know? But he probably has a higher IQ than you. Just keep that in mind. You know, we are, uh, it's wintertime here. It's getting chilly. It's getting cold. And one thing that I always look forward to, Jared, is getting home and whipping up something from Omaha Steaks. Sometimes it's a filet mignon. I think that's going to be the move tonight just because I'm going to have a nice glass of wine, get a fire going, have a filet. You can't beat it. But the other thing you can't beat is this 50% off site-wide sale. I'm always telling people the great thing about Omaha Steaks is even if you haven't tried it, you've probably heard of it before because it's a business it's a five generation family owned business so they've done this they know what they're doing they know their expertise and with the 50% off site wide you can also if you go omahasteaks.com slash grace you're going to get eight free Omaha steak burgers and this is perfect because it's an easy way to remember it my favorite thing that Omaha steaks does is their burgers all you got to do is omahasteaks.com slash grace to get eight free burgers burgers. These are mouth-watering, pure ground burgers. They're delicious and the possibilities are endless. Jared, you love this stuff because you and your wife, you sometimes disagree on what to have for dinner and this is a nice way to agree to disagree. Yeah, the quality of Omaha steaks, they say it's the best steak you'll ever have and they're right. It's also the best chicken, the best pork that you'll ever have, the best hot dogs you'll ever have, the beef franks. Uh, The quality and the taste and the flavor of all this is amazing and The price is always better in terms of price point than what you're going to get at the supermarket. But at 50% off, it's a no-brainer. It really is. And this is the only way to get this amazing deal is to go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. I do not want you to miss this President's Day sale. It's not around for a long time, but it's here for a good time. So this is what you want to do. omahasteaks.com slash grace. Shop the President's Day sale today. And then do me a favor. Let us know how you cook things up. Let us know what you got. We'll be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. You know, I didn't mention this. Yesterday we were talking about how the Chiefs, and I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about the Chiefs, but the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and I was getting so tired of, first of all, Tony Romo talking about Patrick Mahomes, and then everyone just talking about this dynasty, and I was like, ugh, gag me enough. This is terrible. And I asked Emma, who's from Philly, I said, is this how people felt about the Patriots? And she said, yes. <laughs> she said, yes. And I said, no, that can't be true, though, because, you know, we were so lovable. We had Gronk. We had Brady. We had Dunkin' Donuts. Like, we were just fun. We had a couple goofballs in the mix. And she said, no, Grace. She said, she said, actually, Emma likes Tom Brady, but she said, everybody hated you guys. You were awful. And I saw a video of Travis Kelsey at a club afterwards singing, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye to the Niners. And I was like, no, there's no way we're as bad as this. They're obnoxious. They are sore winners, which is crazy. You wouldn't expect it. So I just want to put that out there that I take back what I said yesterday. I think we were a lot nicer and a lot classier. I don't think you'd ever see Gronk going up and shoving Bill Belichick during a game. I just don't think you'd see it. So I want to take back what I said there. Now, as far as Joe Biden goes, let's get back to this special counsel report. There's this woman, okay? Her name is Cynthia Hogan, and she was in charge of Mr. Biden's, that's what the report keeps saying, like she was an executive secretary of sorts. So it says the White House Counsel's Office and other White House components also provided guidance on the proper handling of classified material. In the early days of the administration, Cynthia Hogan, Mr. Biden's first counsel, developed policies and procedures for the proper handling and storage of classified materials in the office of the vice president. Now, the reason that I'm zeroing in on this is because if you watch that press briefing, which was the woke, it was like the worst of all time. It's going to be hard for anyone to top that press briefing. Short of Trump coming out to a press briefing and I don't even know, just having a complete tantrum or like not wearing pants or something. It's going to be hard for anyone to compete with Joe Biden. But you'll you'll note that during that press briefing, he was very quick to blame who? To blame his staffers. He threw those staffers under the electric school bus and was happy to do it. And they would say, do you take any responsibility? Oh, I take responsibility for having my staff. Whenever somebody does that, that means they don't take responsibility. If somebody asks you, do you take responsibility for what went wrong? And you say, I take responsibility for the other people making the mistake. That is not the buck stops here. But based off the special counsel report and the numerous times that Mr. Biden's executive secretary team was mentioned and how they were responsible for ensuring the classified documents were properly archived according to the act and how many emails went out, it would almost seem like Mr. Biden didn't listen to his staffers. And if I was one of his staffers, especially if I was Cynthia Hogan, I would not take the sitting down. Hogan put in place a procedure to make sure that presidential and vice presidential records were collected and properly archived. She circulated a White House counsel memo on the act's requirements to employees in the office of the vice president. I'm going to go back to this because this woman went to great lengths to make sure that the bleep show that we ended up seeing didn't happen. 
We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Inflation accelerated in January. The experts, who are always wrong about everything, just like the weather people, the meteorologists, they expected a year-over-year increase of 3%, and it was 3.4%, which means the CPI was up by 0.3%. And really what that means for us is, here's the, the bad news is that inflation's up, and Trump actually, some of his emails he sends out, I just... I'll be real, They a lot of them go to spam because he just sends so many. I don't think my email knows how to handle it. But I got one today that I thought was right on the money. His Whoever is writing up these emails, and maybe it's him, um, they put out a list of how much things have increased in the last four years, you know, give or take like six months. And it's pretty astounding. Remember that caller, Sheila, who was talking about the eggs and the bread I don't know. Someone's got to have a Daniel Dale situation here with Sheila because the numbers don't lie and everything, margarine, oil, everything has been up since Biden has been president. So that's the bad news is that if you want to make French toast this weekend, you might have to break the bank. The good news, the silver lining, which I'm always here to deliver, is that it probably means Joe Biden's not going to come out and take a victory lap and talk about breathing room and talk about Bidenomics and talk about what a bang-up job he's doing for Americans. I think you're selling Joe short. He's a terrible slouch. You think he's going to come out and, and actually just put a shine on this sneaker? All he's got on his schedule today is lunch with someone, so he's got some time. He may uh, have the urge to go out again, or he just may make the decision, because KJP told the press today that uh, Thursday that was pure Biden. It was all Joe's idea to go out there. Oh, she, she admitted that? Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. You didn't have to be a brainiac, which you all know I'm not. You didn't have to be a brainiac to know that Joe Biden, that had his fingerprints all over it, that had his ice cream covered fingerprints all over it. Because why else, unless they wanted to sabotage him, which based off the the spin and the coverage, I'm thinking they didn't. But you know what else, Jared, I'm wondering, and I hate to sound like I don't have faith in the DOJ. But I guess now it's okay to not have faith in the DOJ. You can call Robert Hur a hack. Uh, he's not a neurologist. He's a big jerk. He's mean. He's attacking Joe Biden. But I have trouble believing, and, and I think somebody was on television today because a friend of mine called me up and, and kind of reiterated this point. Do you think that for this report to get out there, for Robert Hur to write all this down, which is surprising enough, but for... For the DOJ to give it the thumbs up, to put it out there, to release it to the public. Do you think the Democrats had to give this the green light? Like, remember I said, remember I said, oh, they might use this as their chance to get rid of Joe. And then the report came out. It's obvious that they're not going to get rid of Joe, at least for now. But I still think that somebody in the background had to say, go. You know, because if they didn't want this to come out... I have a lot of confidence they could have squashed it. Yeah, no, whoever is actually running things, whoever that may be, or may it. not be Barry, be, um, yeah, 
they 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 gave the go ahead. This got the go ahead from from somebody from the higher ups who are actually running things here. Yeah. So you get you're, this get this guy out of the way. You know, you were just talking about Joe Biden's schedule, and I know yesterday he was with King of Jordan. He was, you know, at that uh, press conference where I don't think he answered. At least questions. he didn't call him Michael Jordan. So. He didn't, and I don't think he was talking to anybody from the past. I don't think there was any sort of seance at the podium, as far as what I could see. I did see a lot of hovering. And do you think he works that into his schedule? Do you think that somebody writes that down, like, from 3 to 3.15? Hover. (laughs) You hover over the King of Jordan. That would make me very, very nervous. I I like people either in my sight line or... Or do you know what I mean? I personal just, space, Joey. Personal space. I don't want Joey, somebody baby. in my peripheral, like kind of moving around like that. I'd say, can you stand still, please? Can you? And Jared, I've done that before here. Like if somebody's moving around a lot, I gotta focus. I'd say, can you just please stand still? If he was behind me, and he's probably breathing heavy. If we know Joey's, <sighs> what am I doing here? I'd be like, I don't know, dude. But I'm trying to give my remarks now, and I was quiet during yours, and I had no idea what you were talking about. Didn't make any sense, but I wasn't, you know, interrupting you or distracting you. He also tried to make a bunch of jokes where he said, like, Obama's watching you. That was weird. That didn't land. Um, but to go back to the special counsel here, because this is what I really want to talk about. There's there's another part of this before I read you more about Cynthia Hogan. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this isn't as interesting. But to me, it's always interesting to find out who was trying to do things the right way? Because those people usually are the ones you have to worry about when the bleep hits the fan. Because if you're there, think about it. If you're the, the secretary, I don't, you know, the first counsel, whatever they want to call her, and you're pulling your hair out every day going, oh, he dropped it off there again. He brought it home again. We can't find this. They couldn't find things. He'd come back with things and there'd be pieces of it missing. And if I'm the person every day who's doing a good job, at least trying to, and he's a headache. And then years later, this all comes around and I see him on TV yelling at reporters and saying that it's his staffer's fault. You bet your ass I'd be sitting there going, I don't think so, buddy. And this woman, Cynthia Hogan, she got interviewed. And she could tell some of the memos because it had her handwriting on it. And she said, yeah, that's mine. That's my handwriting. You know how they could tell when it was Joe? <laughs> There's a memo, and they said, we can tell that this is Joe because he has a habit of spelling Afghanistan wrong, and he's had that habit for a while. So that was an easy giveaway. That was a tell with Joe Biden. There's no P in Afghanistan. Come on, Joe. <laughs> no, the, the best tweet in response to this, Jared, was uh, it says, don't walk, run, said, fun fact, Joe Biden doesn't know how to spell Afghanistan. And you can look at it. If you look at the report, there's screenshots or, you know, there's copies of the way he spelt it. Mr. Foreign Policy Expert has been spelling it Afghanistan since at least 1980, crying laughing face. Yeah, he's supposedly. And I mean this sincerely. I'm supposedly an expert in foreign policy. I've known every major world leader for the past 25 years. I never thought I was an Did expert. Did like, leave out an H? How do they spell it? Oh, thank you, Jared. I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly how you spelled it. I'm going to pretend it's a spelling bee. Afghanistan. Can you use it in a sentence? Joe Biden had a botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. A-F-G-A-N-A-S-T-A-N. 
couple of problems with that one. Yeah, there's there's a few things you could dig into if you want. If you want it to be hypercritical. It's one of those a stands. It's amazing that things didn't go well when we pulled out of there based off his intimate knowledge of how to spell it. It's crazy, right? That it's things a, weren't smooth. Same way you spell Istanbul. You know, Jared, uh, I oftentimes come on here and when we talk about things like the Israel-Hamas war, we talk about Afghanistan, we talk about... The, these issues, Qatar, all these things, I, I oftentimes preface it by saying I'm not a foreign policy expert because I feel like that's important to note. I have opinions on things. doesn't mean I'm an expert on everything. But if Joe Biden is supposedly a foreign policy expert and he doesn't know how to spell Afghanistan, I've got the spelling down pat. So maybe I should promote myself. Maybe I am doing myself a disservice by saying that because what's the standard? I think you should. What's the standard to be an expert? Is knowing how to spell it a requirement? Because in that case, your girl's moving up in the world. Consider me an expert. So besides the Afghanistan, which is a very funny part of it, I want to go back to this Hogan lady, okay? In the early days of, and we'll stop, Jared. You can chime in as well. This is very, there's a lot to unpack here. In the early days of Mr. Biden's vice presidency, his counsel Hogan instructed Mr. Biden's personal aide that all classified material provided to Mr. Biden should be returned to the executive secretary team. Although there was a safe in Mr. Biden's office, Hogan told Mr. Biden's personal aide that, quote, we don't want to store any classified material in the West Wing office. So just look to hand this stuff off as soon as it comes to you. Now I'm going to skip down here a little bit. In 2010, the executive secretary team raised concerns about the number of classified briefing books that Mr. Biden had not returned and the fact that even when they were returned, some of the contents were missing. These concerns were raised with Hogan as well as Mr. Biden's personal aide and military aides. Emails indicate that the executive secretary team alerted Hogan to the issue at least in June of 2010, when nearly 30 of the classified briefing books from the first six months of 2010 were outstanding. That's a lot of Zappos boxes. I mean, safes, of course, safes in the library. And in August 2010, when Mr. Biden failed to return top secret Sensitive information, also referred to as code word contents of a classified briefing book that he had received during a trip to the Hamptons in New York. Hmm. Maybe he left it at a restaurant, one of those posh restaurants just on the table while he was, you know, digging into his bowl of ice cream. Or no, what does he like to eat for dinner? Pasta. He's a big pasta guy. We were unable to determine whether these materials were ever recovered, this is a special counsel, although they were likely found and disposed of by military aides or naval enlisted aides. Okay, now let's skip to here. When interviewed, Hogan did not recall the August 2010 meeting with Mr. Biden. So they have this meeting, right, where she's trying to explain to him, you can't keep this up, Joe. There's got to be some order to this. And there's there's little, you know, there's little uh, points here, talking points, things to keep in mind, classified information has to be reviewed, blah, blah, blah. So she says she doesn't remember the meeting. She did, however, identify her handwritten talking points on best practices. Even though she did not remember their content, she identified her handwriting and said she likely created them in advance of her meeting with Mr. Biden. It doesn't say whether or not she was spelling Afghanistan wrong. And maybe that's how she knew that it was hers. According to her talking points, she briefed Mr. Biden on such best practices as making sure that classified info stays in the White House complex whenever possible and is returned to national security staff at the end of each day. 
She also counseled Mr. Biden that any classified material taken from the White House must be transported by military aides in locked bags. <laughs> you know, he's like that kid in school who has a backpack with like three pieces of paper in it. He's like, there are no folders. Locked bags? Locked bags? You'll be lucky if you don't get this stuff back with like coffee stains all over it. And one of the dogs ripped through it. One of the German shepherds got a hold of it. After the briefing, Mr. Biden sent Hogan an email through one of his front office assistants thanking her for the security briefing. Despite the Hogan memo's language that the office of the vice president must follow certain procedures for handling classified information, Hogan conceived of the memo as describing best practices rather than legal requirements. Later, it says Hogan orally instructed military aides that the classified briefing books must be delivered directly to Mr. Biden and could not be left on the round table in the front hall of the main floor of the Naval Naval Observatory residence. During her interview, Hogan said that she wanted to make sure that a book with classified information wasn't just sitting on the hallway table. Yeah, that would that would make sense. The door is locked. Just uh, leave it up by the garage. Hogan instructed that if Mr. Biden asks us to leave it on the round table, we should place it on the table and then maintain eyes on it until he picks it up. According to a military aide's notes of a meeting with Hogan in August 2010, she communicated to staff that Mr. Biden understands that classified material needs to be kept in one of two places, personal custody or a safe. See, this is the part of it, too, where I think, and what's done is done, to quote stepbrothers, are you going to invest or not? But What's done is done, and yet I think you could really argue here that this whole idea of he's not competent enough to stand trial doesn't really pass the smell test. If Time and time and time again, he was briefed by people like Cynthia Hogan about why he has to follow these rules, and he continued to neglect that. He continued to be careless with this information. And in November 2010, the personal aide sent another email saying that the system put in place by Hogan of using safes at his residence had been working. But we also found, this is Robert Herr, we also found that Mr. Biden continued frequently to leave classified documents unattended outside of safes at the Naval Observatory and his Delaware home. This is the last part. Despite Hogan's admonishments never to leave classified material unattended, several aides observed classified material left on the second floor of the Naval Observatory or in the Delaware home. Hogan left her position as counsel to the vice president in June of 2013. And she probably left it going, this is not going to be the last I hear from all you dopes. Joey, come clean up your shoes and your nuclear codes. (laughs) They're all over the place. Throw over the counter. What's going on here? But again, he From not, Dr. B's easy chair. He not only got it's not like, oh, just his aides got the briefings. He sat down with this woman. He thanked her in an email. He was told over and over and over again, this is how you have to do things. I'm not a stickler. But it's it's okay to be a little paranoid. You know what this probably comes back to, Jared? The arrogance factor. Oh yeah. Like, why do I, I don't have to, who cares? What What do you think in years and years and years when I'm president, this is going to come back to bite me? This is like the people with Elon Musk and Twitter. They never in a million years thought somebody like Elon Musk would buy Twitter and then expose them for their, their hypocrisy. So there's an arrogance at play as well. Not just sloppiness, but arrogance. Well, and I know Robert Hurst said that, you know, he would be a sympathetic figure to a jury, but, but let's put him through it anyway. 
Let's see. Let's put him through it anyway. Maybe we get a jury of people who, you know, aren't as easily swayed by that. They don't buy it as much. No, you're right, Jared. And also it comes down to, um, yeah, maybe the jury would think he's well-intentioned, but also they're not mind readers. You can't know what's in somebody's heart. Like, unless it's a Democrat, and then all of a sudden we, we know he didn't mean anything. We know that he's just a nice man. How do we know that? Is there some sort of new device, like a lie detecting machine, that can read people's emotions and hearts and tell you what they're all about? I think he's a con man, and these people are so dumb they fall for it every time. Recently, a Grace Curly Show listener, Candace, called in, and she told us how much she loved her thunderstorms. I think she also loved them because her husband was giving her a hard time. He didn't believe her that these devices work really well at clarifying and, and clearing out the air. And then when they got their furnace service and there was this oil smell lingering, she put them to the test and her husband was proven wrong. And she really enjoyed calling in and telling us about that. So if you want to be like Candace and have these awesome devices that are able to clear out the smell. And here's the key. They don't try to cover up smell with more smell. They are getting rid of the odors. I don't care if it's tobacco, pet odors, whatever it is. The thunderstorm is small, but it is powerful. It gets rid of these odors, doesn't make a lot of noise. And you can use them anywhere. You can use them in an office, in a kitchen, in a basement, in a car. And right now with the three-pack, it's the perfect way to get your hands on this. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, and what I want you to do is use code GRACE3. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, use code GRACE3. These don't take up any floor space, and they come in handy. Just ask Candace. That's EdenPureDeals.com, and the number three. We'll be right back. Follow GRACE on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. It is a beautiful spot, and this is a great time to get cozy by the fire and visit the Nauset Beach Inn. To book your room, go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question, and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is Will Special Counsel Robert Hur release the Biden transcripts? If I were her and all of these morons in the mainstream media and Dr. Jill and, of course, Joe himself were going on TV trying to make me look like the bad guy and I had the transcripts that prove that even though I'm not a neurologist, which is the new standard, that Joe has lost a step, I would be releasing those things so fast. Do you think there was a hashtag in front of it? Hashtag release the transcripts. But Jared, that's my heart. You know, that's my heart. What my head says is no. Robert Hur knows he's done enough damage. He knows that he is now persona non grata. I don't think he's going to come for a second helping of this. I think he lets this die. 81% of the audience agrees with you. They say no. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about... Actually, no. False. When we come back, we're talking to John Davidson about this insane package that the Senate passed that's hopefully not going to get through the House. 
And the remarks from a senator from North Carolina who doesn't think that the Republican base is smart enough to know what's going on in Ukraine, plus the opening statement from Tony Bubalinski. I think you guys might enjoy it. Don't go anywhere. A lot more show when we come back. <laughs> 